The Life and Stories of Callum Knightworthy, Archival Assistant at the Magnus Institute, London. Begin recording. Statement of Alexandra Summers regarding the disappearance of her daughter, Clara. Statement given August 13th, 2018. Callum Knightworthy, recording. Statement begins. My daughter Clara was a beautiful little girl. I remember when she was born, I would call her my little monkey because she had so much hair. Just came out with a head full of brown hair. All the nurses were surprised. And she had these beautiful blue eyes. She was always an active child, you know, bouncing around, climbing on everything she could see. And then when she got older, she gravitated towards football. Her dad was a football player in college and, you know, as soon as she could walk, she was kicking something around. So my husband, Andrew, got her a kickball. That became her favorite activity, you know, going out in the garden, playing with that. Mummy, when can, when's dad getting home? When can I go get a new football? This one's broken. Just, you know, the usual things a three-year-old would ask for. One day we were out in the garden, I was sipping tea on the lawn, and her and Andrew were playing uh, kickball in the yard. And I noticed something. Every time she would kick, she would wobble slightly. Not very noticeably, just it looked like she was favouring one of her legs. I didn't think anything of it, really. I mean, she was always getting hurt. She was three. So I watched and I waited. Weeks passed and it was still there, just slightly in the background. But I pushed away any worry I had, you know. She's a very active child, as I'd said. And then one day I noticed it turned into a, a limp. That's when I started getting worried. But I didn't want to bring it up, you know. Just paranoid mother. Then one day it turned into a wobble. She struggled to keep herself up after too many movements, and that was when we decided to uh, move towards seeing a doctor. But when we got to the doctor, they said everything was fine. You know, she's just an active child, and she kept bumping into things. I didn't want to accept that answer, but I did. Andrew said, you know, just worrying. I was just a mum, you know. And one day, I went to wake her up, and... She looked at me and she said, Mummy, I can't walk. I didn't believe her for some reason. I, I picked her up, I placed her on the floor, and she fell straight down, crying in pain. We took her to A&E immediately. And we spent hours in there. They ran all these tests and poked her with all these needles, and it was awful. But I kept up my spirits. Just a sports injury, you know, could, couldn't have been anything more. Until the blood tests came back. Lymphoma, stage three. That was, till then, the worst day of my life. 
I mean, how could I not notice sooner? How could I not done something sooner? We did chemo immediately, obviously. What else are you going to do? And it, I slowly saw my little girl disappear from her. Just left this shell. Her blonde hair was falling in out in clumps and her blue eyes were darker and full of less life than they once had been. The treatments lasted months and I hated every minute of it. Then she went into remission. For two years, she did. Hearing that news was amazing. We took her out for ice cream, we took her to her favourite stores, got her a new kickball. That was a good day. Then one day, middle of nursery school, she passed out. I knew immediately when I got that call that it was back. We took her in and they did all these tests again and they found a mass. Not a very big one, but it was there. So, they prepped us for surgery. Everyone was terrified. She was terrified. Andrew was terrified. I was terrified. Dispelling all the... Dispelling all of her fear was how I kept myself sane. We, uh... We attached IVs to a teddy and sewed up a little patch where we sewed a patch where her procedure would take place and got her ready. Something didn't feel right, which I ignored because nothing felt right, but there was this cloying worry that something wasn't right. When they finally wheeled her down, Andrew had to give me an anxiety med, because otherwise I was going to lose it. I know you're going to probably look at me and think, oh, she was on something. But trust me, had I not been on something, this story would have a much worse ending. We waited six hours in that waiting room, and I about chewed all my nails off. And then they called us back to see my daughter, see our daughter. They wheeled that bed in, and what was in that bed was not my daughter. It was a child. It wasn't Clara. I looked at Andrew and I'm like, where did they take her? This isn't her. This has to be another Clara because it's not ours. And he looked at me and said, Alexandra, that is Clara. I thought they were running some sort of sick joke. I mean, how do you not recognize your own child? This child had red curly hair and brown eyes, paler than anything. And our girl was six years old and the child in that bed was twelve at least if not older they almost had to put me on a ward until I relented and let my husband take that thing home 
The child was awful, always combative, didn't want to play kickball with her father anymore, whoever she was. Who she was pretending to be my daughter, she acted nothing like my daughter. In her room, when we got back, what used to be princesses was now covered in rock posters and God knows what else. All the pictures were gone. Every picture I had of her was gone, except for one. Andrew told me that getting a Polaroid camera was stupid and it couldn't take any pictures anymore, it was so old, but I still bought one. And it only managed to take one picture. Clara smiling, bounding down our yard with a kickball. I showed Andrew and she, he asked me who it was. still lives with us, still eats from our table. I mean, Andrew are getting a divorce. I'm letting him have full custody. When I find out what they did to her, where they took her, they'll be sorry for taking my daughter away from me. Statement ends. Follow-up was done with regards to this case, and they do indeed have a daughter named Clara. The child's date of birth was August 18th, 2010. But the birth certificate that she brought in was for August... 11th, 2014. Nothing was found as to what happened to the child that she talked about. But Clara is alive and well with her father in Edinburgh. John, my boss, head archivist of the Institute told me to disregard this statement, as anxiety medication can have awful effects on the human mind. End recording. All stories shared are separate from the canon of the Magnus Archives podcast by Rusty Quill. This podcast is a fan-made project, and all credit and licensing of the Magnus Archives podcast goes to Rusty Quill. Any ideas or stories shared are that of my own and should not reflect the opinions of the Rusty Quill Productions. Thank you for listening. Tell Me with the Recording is a fan-made podcast based on the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill. All opinions, ideas, and stories shared are that of my own and should not reflect the opinions of Rusty Quill LTD or their associates. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons share-alike, non-commercial license. We're running low on statement ideas, so pop over to Gmail or wherever you email from and send us a statement, calumnightworthy at gmail.com. We're always welcoming new scares. Thank you for listening, and face your fears. Goodbye.